The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of three, once divorced and now remarried to a much younger man, uncut and uncensored with Caroline Stanbury follows me as I live my life unapologetically and shows you that there is life after 40. I'm here to let you know that not only is there a life after divorce, but you have the power to make it your best one yet, just like I did. So buckle up and join me for the wild ride. Welcome back to another episode of Uncut and Uncensored with Caroline Stanbury. And I'm so excited today because I am joined by Bryn Whitfield. Here she is. She's so exciting. You're my favorite on uh, Housewives of New York. Well, you and Erin are close together, but you're my husband's favorite, so I'll have to back him. And you just make me laugh. Like, honestly, Bryn, what the fuck happened on the escalator? Are you okay? Did you notice that I... I'm okay. I'm okay. Did you notice I saved my name in this group thing as fire crotch, by the way? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dead. Okay. What's that got to do with your, with the, S- she, she just, no, you're just, just saying, I just wanted to know, cause I keep looking down and I'm saying like fire crotch is speaking. And I just think stuff like that's so funny. No, I'm alive. Honestly, you know, what's crazy. I've been tagged now in so many photos of people being like new fear unlocked. I never knew that escalators were actually like dangerous. I'm not one of those people that's like, did you hear people are dying on escalators or from salmonella poisoning? But yeah, that was, it was crazy. So when we came down, I don't know if you were, did a panel on that stage We did where there were two escalators, there's an escalator and then a landing platform. And then another set of escalators that like, there's like a holding area, right? When I came down the first, which fans didn't see, we were just getting lined up and Erica Jane was there and everyone And as I come down that one, my heel got stuck in the escalator, but it was halfway like coming down the escalator. So I just jumped up. I kind of pulled him out. And then I walked down and I say to the producer, I'm like, hi, my heel just got stuck. I don't think I should be like doing this. And then they're like, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's so quick, whatever. Just stand on the balls of your feet. So I was like, okay, I can just stand on the balls of my feet. Maybe I was being really, you know, I don't know. So as I'm, as I go down I'm standing on the balls of my feet so that the, the the heel, the stiletto doesn't go in. And then all of a sudden I just feel it sink. And I looked over at my manager, my agent, and I was like, I gave them this look. And if you watch the video, I, I like look at them panicking. And then I just start going like this. And I start doing the robot to distract because I couldn't move. I was like standing like a robot. So when it's coming down the landing, I'm thinking, okay, if I just really yank my calf muscles and strongly pull out, they'll, I'll pull the shoe with me. Thankfully I did that. Cause then I just Barbie stepped out and then, but I also didn't think they'd get stuck. I thought they would like tumble out and over, but when they went up like the wicked witch of the North. Can I just say, we had been reading about this Chinese or Japanese woman that had been on a um, escalator the week before and literally got sucked the fuck into it. And no, lost her legs. No, like it was just—it was terrible, and we horrible. we watched That's it. Horrible. And so when we saw saw it, we were like, "I mean, is that the sort of porn you guys are into?" Yeah. No, no, nothing makes his penis go smaller than that. Let me tell you, that oh, made honey. it shrivel. <laughs> that made it shrivel straight back up. But we couldn't believe it. Like we're half laughing at you, and the other half, yeah. we're like, "Holy fuck, that could have been really serious." I got so lucky that it turned out fine because it could have won a lot of ways. I could have fell forward. I could have fell backwards, spread my legs to the world. It wouldn't be the first time. Not <laughs> and a lot of bad things could have happened. And people are like, you could have actually got injured. I mean, thankfully I'm fine. And it all like ended up cute and adorable. But I think, yeah, I got like, knock on wood, I got 
really, really lucky in, in that time. But then I had to do the whole panel barefoot. I didn't know that it was going to go viral. I didn't know people would think it was funny. I was just honestly worried that people would be like, what the hell happened? She's an idiot. So as I'm sitting there in the panel, though, I see in my peripheral vision, I see these shoes. <laughs> I have to say it was quite sexy for me, so. Anything she does is sexy for you. Sexy. Yeah, you could you could burp and it's sexy for him. But, you know, you kind of have this way, like you've got this sort of everything is foot in mouth for you. You kind of like you're like me, but 10 times worse. Like you say anything. You have absolutely no fucking filter. Like, have you always been like this? I've always been that way. I've even been I managed, obviously, to keep it a little buttoned up with work but like my close work friends you know I was always one that was like whispering the dirty jokes or saying such and such one time I slipped in a board meeting I won't say with which company but I was like you know it's just so like all right already I was like "Ah." and I remember the president of my company was like do you know what the fuck you just did at that meeting and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry like a couple times I would slip I went talked I went to the second largest PR firm in the world here in New York it was a lot of my old colleagues were there and I did this panel discussion in front of their executive board and she introduced me as, this was Brynn. I worked with her. She was a walking HR violation. <laughs> I mean, but <laughs> you are. Something, my mind just, I think everyone thinks that way. I think they either just suppress it. Like, I think everyone's making jokes in their head all day long. You know, you go to Starbucks or rolling your eyes at someone or you're, I think people, if you tap into it, I think everyone's actually doing it. I just, for some reason have the, the I'm stupid enough to actually say it. See, you're like me, like my whole life growing up, I always like used to flirt and make fun with my friends' husbands because I I always thought that was a safe place, to be honest, and thought it was really fun to do because first of all, you make them awkward. And second of all, you know, you know, it's not going anywhere. They're kind of the easy target. So I get you, but I can see. Okay, so I just remembered now, and I wish I would have thought of this during the season when, because after that episode with all the Aaron stuff, I did get a lot of shit online. There was like a Reddit forum of like, I remember it's like 5,073 comments of being like, Bryn Whitfield is a home wrecker. She's a slut. She has daddy issues. Da, 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 and, you know, and all this stuff. But, and now and, oh, and people are writing, oh, if she ever came around my man, like they tag me, like, you better look out. You're not like, try coming after my man. Mm-hmm. I responded to a couple of them. I was like, is your, is your husband a billionaire? Cool. <laughs> I didn't think so. So I'm not interested. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't flatter yourself. But no, it was like, it was kind of rough after that episode. Not kind of, it was definitely rough after the episode. And now thinking about it, because I watched Ladies of London. Yes. Didn't you get, when you had the cute outfit yes, on. Yes, I did it. I did it with the unicorn. You got because people are like, you took it too far. Because yeah. you were humping, didn't someone? I humped, so it's the same thing. You get it. Like I humped him as a unicorn. How can you take me yeah. seriously as a unicorn? I'm not seriously. I was going, I was neighing. <laughs> I was named. Yeah, you were the most unsexy outfit. Yeah. And but I feel like that's how I feel with friends. Like all of my guy friends and boyfriends or husbands. And I mean, I, I make awful jokes with my brother, and he's just like, oh my God, get me away. So yeah, nobody's immune to it. I think it'd be one thing if you were, you know, never that wasn't your MO, that wasn't kind of that everyone enjoyed the jokes all the time and then randomly get mad. That was, I think, my thing back then, why I was shocked with that stuff between Aaron and I, because similar to, I think, what you experienced on Ladies of London, it's like, you know me, I'm always making jokes. 99% of the time you're laughing at my jokes. And then all of a sudden, the winds change, the weather changed in this instance, you decide to get mad at it. But it's like, you were never mad before, you're never mad after. So I feel like sometimes, I don't like when people pick and choose when they 
like my humor or not. Like you either subscribe or you unsubscribe, but don't subscribe and then pick and choose. But how does that roll into your relationships? Because you are so overtly sexual with your your jokes and things like that. Like, I mean, when was your last relationship, by the way? Last serious relationship? And how are you single for fuck's sake? Like, I don't understand. Are you literally just I... looking for the billionaire? Yeah, what's wrong with people? Yeah. Sergio, you're no, married. I'm going to have to send him away. Here's Honestly, I think I have a very, very positive attitude about dating. And I just don't, like, I can't, I'm not, it's not that I'm apathetic. I, I care about having a relationship. I definitely cared more in my 20s. Now I'm just not putting that much effort or energy into it. And so sometimes maybe I'll say, oh, I subscribe to this whole, my person will find me, blah, blah, blah. But I think honestly, it's just about, I'm... 30, like I've been through the toughest parts, right? I've been through relationships. I've been through great relationships and awful relationships. And I've dated plenty of men and I've learned about myself in those relationships and I've made massive mistakes and I had, I was engaged. I was very close to commitment. I watched friends get married and divorced and I dealt with, you know, the embarrassment of having younger cousins or ever friends get married. Friends get married twice. And I'm like, you found your person twice? I haven't found my person once. I feel like I been through all nine innings of the game or whatever you want to call it. And, and I don't know, now I'm just kind of like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, like, I'm not, I'm done beating myself up about it. The fact that like, why am I not married? Why am I not in a relationship? But like, do you think I you just, scare me? When I take that part. Yeah. When I take that anxiety out, I'm like, I'm like the happiest person ever. But you're, so, but you're scary. You're intimidating you know? because you're such a large, large personality. Do you, do you, don't you think you scare them a little bit? Yeah, I I think that's I think you and I are a lot alike yeah. that way too. I I would bet that a lot of men have. Sergio, were you intimidated by her that's, at first? That's what I was gonna say. I think your personality is very similar to Caroline. Like you're like a boss lady. Very like, similar. You know, you're like this huge yeah. personality, and sometimes I mean, me because I was younger and I kind of like, you know, I took it a bit differently but i think it's you know he went with the flow he goes with the yeah. flow and he lets me lead which i think is important but i you know i don't think you know Bryn is looking for a man like that i think Bryn, Bryn wants to go a bit older i yeah. think i i definitely though want someone who's going to how he adore me like and then yeah. and kind of just lets you be you and there's a lot of your guys's relationship that i really admire and that i i really really like I've I've had a Sergio. Gideon was like Sergio. Oh yeah. And I kind of turned into a monster. Yeah. Because he gets he lets you get away with murder. He does. You know? Okay. Like because everything is baby, baby, no, whatever. If you freak out, even when you're wrong, he'll let you be right. No, no, no. But and I know that that's what until a point. Wants, until no? a point. When she really touched my balls, then I'm like, honey, you know, you cannot do this. You know, like he, I he has got better at standing up to me, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that comes. Yeah, that comes with age too. Yeah, and confidence. You know, I think also for Sergio, he ended up moving countries, being in a place where he was living with a woman with kids and already built life. You know what I mean? Like the guy coming into right. your life now as well. So he there was only so much. He had an audience here. You know, it's like a, no matter what I was doing, yeah. I was always gonna be like the last one. You know, yeah. because the kids were always first. So it was quite tough for me. So that's why. I let her, you know, be, but now I go to a point that I can be my own personality. He can be his you know? stronger in the I, relationship. I can be stronger, yeah. Which um, I That's think mean. you'll see. But I think for you, I, I see so much of myself in you and the way you are and so bubbly and like everybody wants to have you around and then that makes you, it makes you very intimidating for the guy to date 
yeah. you know, because you kind of already have the list of what you know you want and don't want. And I wonder like what yeah. your compromise is going to be like, because New York is fucking hard to date anyway, without the list. New York is hard. You know where the worst is to date though? LA. LA is a fucking nightmare. LA is like the worst. I get again, because I've spent what I spent six years in LA. So I still compare and New York is still to me, I'll still defend the New York dating scene because LA was so, so atrocious. Are you using apps? I'm st- no, I don't use them. No. I still technically have a membership to Raya. And maybe once every two months, if I'm like bored out of my mind, I'll remember it exists or I'll get a notification for something. But it's really Raya's fun when you're traveling. I think, yeah, when you're traveling, it's fun. Like in Europe, like you, you know, you can add in the app that you're going to be traveling. So then you'll start getting fed. Like if I say, oh, I'm leaving, which, you know, next week and I'm going to Switzerland or I'm going to London or something, you can add your travel dates and then you'll start being fed. And the first like hundred people are straight tens, like knockout. And I've had my guy friends tell me this too. They're like, and it makes you want to move to that city (laughs) because you're like, what is this? Everyone just seems amazing and looks really hot. But then after like that hundred cycle, then you just, it's the same thing. And it's like any other app. I've been though for a while. I'm kind of actually, despite being so flirty, I'm actually deep down a very like kind of old fashioned. I keep asking all my friends. I'm like, what worked for our grandparents was being set up. I'm like, you have to have someone to set me up with. There's got to be friends or coworkers or a brother or something like set me up with. So I keep asking people to set me up. No one really has done it yet. I'm not like looking or trying like. I don't know. Do you think it's probably get on it. harder now because of the show? Like, how has your life changed from before the show to now? Like, it's, I know it's only been a season, but. It's harder in the sense that I'm busier and my schedule is more chaotic because before I kind of worked more like nine to five and, I, and then I was in that cycle. And then like, you know, you go to happy hours and your weekends are isolated. So you have more time. And I was able to, I was seeing my friends more and doing more things. Now my schedule is so bananas. And I thought it was going to be different when we stopped filming because when we were filming, I was pretty busy, but then I would just be tired a lot. Cause to me, filming is kind of exhausting. The energy that goes into it, you don't realize that it's like energy, but it's very, it's like doing a, a presentation at work every day, but it's been afterwards. I've been more busy after. So I think it's my schedule being chaotic, but I'm just, I'm not prioritizing it. You know, no, I feel like New York has kind of well, the world has kind of like fallen in love with you and your bubbly personality. So I imagine like (laughs) it's gone absolutely nuts for you after the show, because I don't know, you do have this sort of very magnetic, bubbly sort of you want to be your friend. Your energy is amazing. I have to say. Oh, thank you. loves You too. Maybe it's because I'm not dating. No, I don't know. I should probably think about it more. Here's the thing. The only reason why I start, honestly, whenever I think like, oh, I should, is because of having a family. I want to have a family. So I sit here and think, oh, then I need to do that part in order to have the family. Because yes, I could just have children, but I want a family where I want it to be like two parents, nuclear family sort of, you know, traditional thing. So that's the only time where I really start thinking, okay, I should get on the apps. I should go on a date. I should do something. I'm asking my friends to hook me up with people or something. It's more so because I'm like, I should probably, if that's the goal that I want, I need to take steps to reach that goal, you know? You always make fun and sort of go, oh, well, unless he's a billionaire, I'm not interested. Is this actually what you want? Like someone really rich or is it, you know, is that negotiable too? It's negotiable in the sense that I would never expect out of someone else something that I couldn't, that I don't bring to the table or that I couldn't bring to the table. So I think that's, I think it's a horrible thing to have unrealistic expectations for your partner and then, but you're not, 
reflecting or replicating anything that you want in someone else. Like I want them to be kind. Are you kind? I want them to be an honest person. Are you an honest person? You know, do you take care of your health? Are you financially savvy? Like you have to be all those things that you want. Otherwise it would be an imbalance. I joke a lot about Billy's because I've dated a few and they're great. The thing is, it's not about money to me. I mean, Billy's. is it actually a little bit of money? Sure. Like billy? I grew up billionaires. Uh. Billy's. He was like, what is a Billy? A billionaire. Billy. What comes with dating a billionaire? Enlighten us. What comes with dating a billionaire? Honestly, I think you don't have a lot of their time. You definitely don't have this time. You have to be extraordinary patience, I would say. A lot of patience. You don't have their time. You do you have their credit card? A lot because they're always traveling. They have meetings, and it's not like organized travel. I mean, it's like they're here, they're there. There's always meetings. There's meetings everywhere. They're always on calls. They're always working. Even if you do something social, you go to a friend's birthday party. You're in a box watching a football match. You're shopping. They're on their phone. They're doing something. They're stressed. It doesn't sound that fun. I think that's a common. But then they make up with grand gestures. What's the most expensive gift you got? The most expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the value. The most expensive gift I got was there is a guy that was going from, I think, New York to London or Sweden or something. I don't know what it was on his plane. And he was halfway and we're going back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, fine, I'll come. So he straight up turned it around. Okay. Start heading back. And then I changed my mind again. I was like, no, no, no. I just think whatever. I don't know. It's too soon. And then turned back. But he sent me a screenshot of like the flight plan. And he said something like, you know, this cost me like $175,000 to like come on his, because <laughs> it's well, international long haul. That's a very expensive flight. hundred you know? percent. Most, most billionaires don't do international private flights. It's a massive waste of money, they all say, or even really transcontinental. Everyone I know that has a shit ton of money. They don't use their planes as much as you think they would. But yeah, I remember him showing me the thing. He's like, you know how much this just cost me? And I was like, sorry, I just didn't know if I wanted to come or not. So that was probably, and I thought it was very romantic. So you think you're going to be a perfect billionaire's wife, basically. What makes you the perfect billionaire's wife? Yeah, I think I can put up with a lot of shit. Either that or a politician's wife. I'd be an excellent politician's wife. Oh, another one. Why? You kind of don't (laughs) want the guy that has any time. Why don't you get someone like me? Like, just can take care of you and look after you. Sergio, right. she's, she's not asking you <laughs> I'm out. Waiting on, I'm waiting on Sergio. Well, no, uh, it'll be after this podcast. <laughs> I'm sending him to No, me. it's not about money. I always say to people, look, I grew up poor. I have no intention on ever being poor in my life. That I rely on myself to make sure that doesn't happen. But I'm very realistic and unapologetic about money. So I grew up in a household where everyone was scared of money, scared to open bills, scared to talk about money because we didn't have any, right? Then I I inherited that like fear of money. And then in my late 20s, when I started to make really decent money on my own, and I felt safer and I just started becoming very unapologetic about, no, I like money. I think everyone secretly likes money and no one wants to talk about it. Money makes the world go round and marriages are no different. I'm sorry, but no one has ever filed for divorce because they didn't like the same Spotify playlist. You file for divorce because of irreconcilable differences, whether it be infidelity or or a lot of times like financial constraints. And can money buy you happiness? No, but I think it can buy you a lot of support when you have a family or when you're in a marriage or when you're trying to take care of yourself. I just I don't know. I don't like this whole people don't talk about money. People don't talk about salaries. People don't want to talk how much their house. I just, I grew up in that. And so I'm so as an adult anti that because it's gotten me very far 
to ask my colleagues what they're making to make sure I'm making more than them, to barge into my (laughs) boss's office with a whole list of everything I've done. And that's why I deserved a salary. On the third date, before I get naked with a guy, we're getting financially naked. What are you worth? What are your debt? Like, I'm just no, like, I think no, no, you don't go and ask the guy straight away what he's worth on the third date. Bryn, this may well be why you're single. Most most of the times it's Googleable. I think it's stranger to allow someone to be inside you and not know what they make and not know what they make, what their debt is. I think that's insane to me. I think that it, it's crazy to me. I'm like, you don't know this person's, you don't know the first thing about this person, but you're getting naked with them. And you've never been financially naked with someone. That's quite a big ask to ask a man to sort of bear his, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you. I think if you're serious. I think if you're serious with someone. Oh no, but you, but, but you really just serious. said third date. That's quite, that's quite early yeah. on. I, I usually give them th- three dates. And then if then if I start to like it, then I'm like, let's just lay it out. I asked too, what are you dating for? Are you dating for fun? Are you dating for marriage? And they're allowed, and they're allowed to ask me these too. A lot of times I preface like, this is where I'm at. Like, which where are you at? Are they dating for fun? Are they dating for marriage? I think all these things are so always taboo. And I don't understand why they're so taboo. You know, I think it's fine. I think it's totally, totally fine to ask and to want to know. People do it secretly. People are Googling each other's net worth. They're Googling each other's houses on Zillow before you go to a dinner party. Everybody does it. Everybody does it. We were very straight from the beginning, I think, you and me, and we open everything, to be honest. Well, you were 11, so I knew what I was getting. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, honey. That's amazing. But, you know, definitely didn't marry for your, you for your money. I married you because I love you. But, you know, I like yeah. the hustle together, and that's what, brought us together and what we do but I I'm yeah. I'm hearing from you maybe I mean I guess it's just a different way of thinking because ooh, I don't know like a lot of men I know would be turned off by that and sort of would end the date right there yeah here's the thing again I'm not asking if guys I don't like I'm not it's, yes but it's like the guy, so the guy that like, you do like might do a runner like and say what the fuck it's I not your business why is why is I if you earn your own money why is his money your business Okay, so we don't have to say third date. Maybe that's aggressive. That's I aggressive. feel I'll retract that. I feel like definitely before I would sleep with someone, I'm I'm gonna know everything about them. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, look, it's it. I, I know New York is a much different beast. Like I heard now that instead of taking you for dinner, people go for drinks, and they're going for drinks and maybe two or three dates that night, and it's like this yeah. interviewing people. And I just think it's it's yes. just lost the charm. It's like a transaction. It's like, I mean, people are losing the sensitivity of being able to, like, what if you fell in love with someone and wanted to build a relationship? You, I guess you want a politician. But 100%. I'm not saying you need to answer the question and be like that. I've dated a ton. I've been a startup slut. I've dated a ton of people that were like, I am, you know, just kind of pinching to get by. I'm starting my company. I love that. I think that's the hottest thing in the world. I would date someone right now that had $100 million in debt because he had to take on some private equity money to start something that he strongly believes in and he's worked on it. And he's perfect. I would a thousand percent support. And I'd be like, babe, I'll support you for five years. I have no problem with that. It's about like what I, I equate money most of the time, unless you're a trans, trust fund kid, with ambition, right? And with resiliency, and men and women. And so I think that to me, it's just important to show that you work, that you're hardworking. Yeah. And it's more so about, it's just, it's ambition to me. Like 
you get up in the morning, you're not lazy, you care, you're a contributing member to society, you 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 just have to be doing something. I like worker bees. Like I'm a hundred percent. That's why I like men you. that sometimes don't have that much time. I like the hottest thing to me is like a guy that gets up earlier than me, goes to the gym, is like, babe, get up, go to the gym, or is like reading the newspaper. Like that to me is so hot. A hundred percent. And I love when they're busy. We we know? have like, a routine in the morning and, and working. It's- so, so, so important for me. He gets up and goes to the gym. We sit, we journal, then we do our day. And like, you know, I think it's super important to have that. And I know where he is. He's actually, you know, he trains every day with football as well now. Like, I love that because for me, that shows dedication and that he is, you know, that you have that, you know, you, you're not lazy at all. Like you work 10 times harder than me. I'm the lazy one. He lays down on bed all the time. Yeah. It's literally, yeah. <laughs> you know. I but rely I, on him. <laughs> but I think. See, the, and that's what the polarity of that is very, that's the, you know, that's yin and yang. That's masculine energy, feminine energy, the sun and the moon. That's important. So I think it's great. I think that that's, I think relationships need polarity. And I would very much, I look forward to the day where one day I'm the person laying in bed and being lazy and the other person's work. The right one didn't come here. You know, when you get the right one, you're going to put all your thoughts and like your texts aside. And then you're going to really fall in love because I had so many texts I wanted in my perfect wife. And then I got Caroline, you know, divorced, three kids, you know, like so much older than me. Like it was literally nothing I wanted. And then I fell in love with her and I love her, you know, more than anything. So it's just about, you know, just feelings. Everyone tells me that, that they, the person that they fell in love with and that they're with didn't check all their boxes and da-da-da and the thing, 100%. I'm thinking about letting go of my height requirement. I used to be like, they have to be 6'1". I'm thinking about I, I, you know, opening it up. Funny enough, I wanted that in my perfect wife as well. And then I go Caroline, which I, I'm like so much taller than her. So, you know, let that yeah. go. I actually, I think I'm sitting here racking my fucking brains with men that I know that I could set you up with because I think they'd find you so much fun. But yeah. I will do a checklist when I get off here. Energy is the most important thing. And I think when you connect with someone, you just forget somehow about the rest of the stuff. I'm not that obsessed with looks. I do like height. I prefer height just because I don't like to feel tall. I don't like to feel like big next to someone or tall. But humor, someone that can banter with me that understands that is quick. Someone that's quick. And then I can learn from. Like I I can't, I need someone who's, I say on, I say on Rye, I say to people, I just need someone who's funnier than me, taller than me, and smarter than me. Those are my only requirements. And, are and you I haven't s- found that person yet. Are you still doing um, full-time job as well as the show? Like, are you able to c- continue that with the show? Or did you have to sort of make the choice? Yeah, to date, I have. But as of, for Q1, I haven't taken on any PR projects. I'm not. I, do, I don't have the time. I, I kept like, minimize I don't understand how anyone who's ever done these shows has been like I'm still working full-time and whatnot and doing everything I mean it's let alone with doing it with and having kids and everything like that and schedules it's very hard I think to maintain a typical nine-to-five full-time job so right now I'm not planning on taking on any projects in Q1 I'm starting so many projects in Q1 so those are all things that I have to like focus on and shift my focus and starting a brand and everything that comes under that umbrella. Oh my God. So, what Can you tell us what the brand is or not yet? I can say it's connected to my, it's, I'm paying homage to my grandmother. That's like, oh. I'm paying homage to my grandmother and it's bringing in some of my New York sensibility mixed with some, a little bit of like my LA lifestyle. So that's one brand. And then I'm actually starting to write a little 
oopsie-poo. So it's interesting. That's amazing. And, you know, when when you move on from here and like, is it everything you expected? Is it better? You watched Housewives before, obviously, in the New York Housewives. You, yeah. you met them all. Like when you met them all, how was it for you? Like, I mean, I know a lot of the New York girls and I, I have to say I was a bit nervous as to what was going to come. But I, I felt like it was time, you know, for a change. And, yeah. you know, New York yeah. has moved on a lot. And you girls really represent New York today, which is amazing. But did you expect yeah. it to be this much fun? Like you must have been nervous because, you know, Housewives does. We do get a bad rap. Yes. I was wildly nervous. I was nervous going into it. I was nervous while fil- I was untrusting while filming it. Look, I liked watching the Housewives. I hadn't watched Housewives the last few years, the seasons for New York. But I had watched it originally. I watched Ladies of London. I watched Beverly Hills back in the day and Atlanta. So I was always like a, f- a fan of it. But it was like my my dirty little secret. You know, I wasn't necessarily proud. I would say that I watched reality TV and all that stuff. And so when as we were filming, you know, they kept saying, this is going to be different. This is going to be different. I was very untrusting. And then leading up to it was airing. It was it was so nerve wracking. So I was like, this is there's no way there's no way this is I was like, this is going to be trash way, whatever. I've spent my whole life trying to do something, trying to like, you know, create a life for myself and et cetera. Now I've just, I felt, I was like, I ruined my life. I was worried that I had and the little life that I managed to create for myself. So it was a risk, but then it was just like, again, I had fun during filming, but in the back of my mind, I was nervous. And then it's been the, like so much fun. It's wild how much fun it is. And I kind of like want to pinch myself. Like, I can't believe I'm actually getting paid and now my career is transitioning like into this it's very odd meeting meeting the girls too the original the ogs it's cool meeting them because they're exactly how they come off on tv you know what i'm saying it's like wow it's the same thing like experience when you watch them in tv meeting them in real life but they all have been so kind and so nice and yeah and everybody's been at the beginning when we first were announced so many people also we would see this while we were filming it was like tags and comments, but I'm not going to watch the show. I'm not going to watch these girls while we're filming. So that really got into personally into my head because it was a lot of comments. But then by like the third episode, they're like, okay, fine. And then it was all these tags of DMs like, Bryn, I wanted to hate you. I wanted to hate you guys. I told myself I'd watch it, but I love it. So it was like a roller coaster, but everyone came around, thankfully. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent was one of those people. I was like, they, they can't beat it. It's just, it's, TV gold, you know, the old ones. And then, you know, you have, you've done a really, really great job because you feel like a really good friend group. You really do. It feels cool. And first series is always difficult. You know, nobody really off the bat loves them because they like, you know, the known, they don't like the unknown and they don't like new characters, particularly, you know, to get used to them. So, you know, you guys have done such a great job, like looking and, and feeling like such a great friend group that everybody would love to be in. And then lastly, Bryn, what do you think of my facelift? First of all, you've been the talk of the town in the United States. You're like in every single press outlet. It's crazy. I mean, I I find that I I was going to just about talking to you before. I find that so bizarre because I'm not the first woman in America to have a facelift. But I feel like it. Seriously. Seriously, I, I was at the grocery store and it was like, it was like all those magazines of like Us Weekly and whatever, and you're in every one or you're like the thing on the cover. You know what I think it is? I think that it's because I think a lot of women related 
because A, you're so honest about it. But also you, I think a lot of women who are on, I think a lot more people, women, men are on the the fence about plastic surgery, Mm -hmm. right? I think gone are the days of people being like, oh no, it's plastic surgery and you're this or that. Or I think a lot of people, because all the shows and it's just, it's like acceptable, but people are like, I don't know if I would really just go ahead and do it because you didn't look like you needed one. I remember when you told me, I was yeah, like, you were like, don't do like, it. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to go because you don't look like you need one. You don't fit the typical, I got one or I need to get one. And then the fact that you did it, the fact that you're so open about it and then documented the whole process and it was so quick and came out so great. I think everyone's like, is it this easy? Like, is it this great? You know, like the American Society of Plastic Surgeons should like compensate you and write you a thank you letter. Thank you, Bryn. I'm putting that into the universe for everybody that's out there. I'm seriously the guy, my surgeon got 50 consultations that afternoon and he said it was the most requested facelift. And I think he has like, I I mean, jokes aside, I mean, obviously if he wants to pay me, but jokes aside, He has done a great job. Like it's not when I, I'm one month today. It's fucking nuts. But I couldn't believe the, the, the fanfare over there. I think though, it just proves that when you go to also it's a rodeo, like Beverly Hills has the best plastic surgeons in the world. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Korea does as well. But when you go to the right person, you know, and you get what you pay for in plastic surgery. I tell people that. I just had a friend asking me if she should get a breast reduction. She wanted to go to this Rodeo Drive doctor. She's like, be so expensive. Should I go? I think I could get, I was like, you, in plastic surgery, you definitely get what you pay for. So I think it's important to do your homework and be a good patient and follow directions and rules and things. But I think they didn't even know that the industry needed something like you to be like, similar to like what happened with the reboot. This is like, this is 2023 plastic surgery in the US. Like it's fabulous. It's fun. It's not, it's not a total walk in the park. Right. And you showed that and Sergio showed that too. And that it's, it's not like, it's just, oh, so easy. Therefore, you know, everyone should just do it. You showed that it's, it's a fucked up process, but it's doable. Right. And the outcome and the results are just worth it. I think, I think what was as well, what was different is like for other people. And I mean, you know, it, it's saying that at you know I mean you're younger than me but you've you said you've done did you say did you say you've done your boobs no yeah I did yeah. and I did mine on Rodeo Drive well, and it was did. I was at the Beverly Hills Hotel the next day having brunch right I was fine and I was like wow if I had more money I would just do everything it's so amazing I went to the best doctor he had done like three of my friends who I never know that they had their boobs done and I was like you're kidding me I gotta go to this guy and he just specializes in like small, he's like, I'm going to give you what God should have given you. He took me from a 34B to 34C. And he was, it was like the easiest thing I've ever done. And that's my point. I think thing I've ever done. people wait till <laughs> it's, it's they easy. look weird. You know, people wait till they look too old. And then, you know, when they're old and then yeah. suddenly you look really young. I think that's when everyone goes, oh God, that's awful. But, you know, I think, I think yeah. it is becoming more acceptable. I mean, you do PR and, and all of this kind of stuff. So I think more and more people, but genuinely all of these things, like you just said, they're not necessary. It's not necessary. No one's died because their boobs are too small. It's just right. something, if you think about it a lot, why spend the time thinking about it? Change it. it you know, the, yeah. there are so many yeah. options right now. Again, mine is a very, very big deal that I did, but you know, there is many small tweaks you can do in between. And I just think being a woman is a wonderful thing today. Yeah. I think it's fun to do it. And as when you get there, I mean, it's, and I'm sure you feel it now afterwards, like 
looking back, I'm like, I would, A, I would do it again. I would do, I, I just, I just feel like it's so in my looking, I mean, now in retrospect, it was easy during it for a few days. I remember kind of being in hand pain and I had like Tyrannosaurus Rex arms because you can't like put shirts <laughs> on or do anything. So you kind of walk around like I was like T-Rex picking stuff up. But I, I just advocate for it so much. I tell everyone, do fillers, do Botox. Your boobs are too big. Get a reduction, get a facelift, get your nose done. Who cares? There's nothing in life worth more than you feeling good about yourself or you not even, not even feeling good about yourself and fixing the thing that is plaguing you. Maybe you're just the type that you, yeah, like you're just going to feel better there's, there's no better thing in the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like it just feels really nice. I'm a, I'm a huge supporter. Well, like, I love plastic surgery. Before we leave, Bryn, give my, my <laughs> listeners one of your like must have beauty tips. Cause your skin's amazing. I love, you know, like what, what is something in your routine that you cannot live without doing? Okay. So everyone always asks me to do it. I've never done a beauty haul or anything. Cause I don't really use anything. I used to do those 13 step Korean skincare things. I worked in the skincare industry for 12 years. So I worked with hundreds of dermatologists, like celebrity dermatologists, and I learned so much from them. And their thing was always less is more. Mm-hmm. People are going to hate this. I stopped using cleanser. No, some people say that you shouldn't even use water on your face. I literally, I only at night I'll use water. Yeah. Or if I have like, if I'm doing a confessional or if I have like a big makeup day, I'll obviously take my makeup off because it's gross. But for the most part, I'll use water at night to kind of get like icky stuff off. But I stopped using cleanser every day, twice a day. I was double cleansing. And I think that threw off something with my face. The second I stopped cleansing, the second I stopped doing more shit to my skin, my skin got better. Your skin's amazing. Thank you, Bryn, for coming on. You have been brilliant. I've loved interviewing you. So has Sergio. And I'm going to put my thinking cap on because I'm sure I know a few men that would die to take. I love Dubai. I will be there. Wouldn't that be a great ending to this, whatever? Bryn meets guy in Dubai and then moves there. I would totally move to Dubai. Or you could just come and do a crossover and come on Housewives of Dubai when we start filming. How about that? Come visit me. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Bryn. Please tell Sergio I said thank you. I love you guys. Bryn, how can everyone find you quickly? You want my address? (laughs) No, don't do that, for God's sake. I'll have to edit it out. I'm still here, so yeah. I will take it. <laughs> How can they find me? They can find me in your guys' bed. Oh, my God. Well, oh that's God. it. That's it. I'm never going to sleep again. I'm done with life. Yeah. Done with life. Oh Thank you, Bryn. That's enough. We, we, we won't be what? finding Bryn. All right. Lots of love. Thank you for listening. You can catch my new episode of my podcast every Wednesday. Please don't forget to follow so you don't miss any of the action. I want to hear from you, so leave me a rating and a review. Follow us on social for all the behind-scenes action and more information at Uncut and Uncensored by Caroline. See you next week.